Konnichiwa, Mina-san. Welcome to the Weebs of the Corn podcast. I'm your host, Straw Hat Ninja, and joining me today is my co-host, Justin Destruction. How are you doing today, Justin? I am doing swell. Justin Destruction here. We are just two weebs from the middle of kind of nowhere, western Pennsylvania. Yeah, very much an unlikely uh, story of becoming weebs here, especially where I grew up. I grew up very, very in the sticks, even compared to you. But yeah, we figured we might as well uh, get st- or do something with our weeb-like interests and start a podcast. Why not, right? Exactly. What else is there to do? We've been in this global pandemic for a year, and I mean, there's barely anything to do here anyway besides play lengthy jrpgs and watch that anime (laughs) yeah and obviously pick corn because that's what we do out here in in hadley so but uh yeah today's episode it's gonna be more of a introduction to who we are because it's like why should you care what we think we're just a bunch of random weebs but hey we figured we'd give you some uh introduction to our weeb-like activities that we get into. So I guess we're going to talk through a couple topics today. We'll maybe start with JRPGs and then go through anime, visual novel, and then even cosplay, but we'll see how it goes. So, But before that, Justin, did you realize today we uh, are going to lose an hour off the day? Isn't that nice? Uh, my least favorite time of the spring. Uh, I was seeing a bunch of people on Twitter talking about just getting rid of it, and I'm here like, yeah, just make it less complicated, please. <laughs> yeah, they really need to just pick one or the other. Like, either is, like, we'll choose the fall one and stick with it, or choose the spring, but this is ridiculous. Like, why do we gotta keep living like this? At least in Pennsylvania, not every place does it. Right. It's horrible for us in the winter because it's just dark and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So, All right, well, with that, why don't we get started with JRPGs? So, Justin, why don't you start us off? Why don't you tell us uh, how you became interested in the, the JRPG genre or how you even started being interested in the weeb-like activities? All right, well, I was thinking fairly recently how random it is that I'm so into Japanese culture and games and media in general because uh, really my family is just into very standard things I guess I guess it is a little not standard that my mom grew me up reading like Edgar Allan Poe and like uh, literature of that sort Uh, but generally they don't know anything none of my family knew much at all about anime or games or any of that I mean My father did like video games when he was young, so he brought me up playing NES with him. However, as for like RPGs and more Japanese type stuff, the first thing I ever played was definitely Pokemon, but I like almost barely consider that a JRPG. I know it is, but it's just Pokemon, like it's just its own thing almost. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mine's kind of similar to that too. If we're talking like actual baby's first rpg for me it was game boy advance golden sun wow i didn't expect that one it is a little obscure title that yeah yeah i'm sure that it's probably not a lot of people's first rpg but uh i remember i would get the nintendo magazine and i'd seen a bunch of advertisements for it and seeing them summoning these monsters and 
using spells and things just rather interested me at the time. And so I'd asked my parents, please, can you get this game for me? Because I would have been like, I don't know when that came out, 2002 or 3 or 4. It was, it was early, so I would have been like 10, 11, 12. And so I had asked them to get that for me. And that was my first big RPG. Yeah, I've actually never played Golden Sun. So that's an, I hear everybody always wants to bring it back. And everybody always really wanted Isaac and Smash. But I've heard it's good. I would have loved Isaac and Smash. <laughs> it is good. It's definitely like a lot of people rag on it for having a lot of dialogue. And it does. But it it's good, though. It's... uh. It's kind of like classic-ish Final Fantasy, I guess, because it's got the whole, like, oh, the four elements type of story going on. That sounds like Bravely Default, which we're both playing right now, so. Aw, yeah. Story heavy I love because, hey, Trails, that's, like, super story heavy. And you did say it's turn-based, right? So I probably would like it. And after that, I ended up getting into Final Fantasy. The first one I played was actually the original because they had ported it to the GBA. So I played Final Fantasy one. And two, I was like, this this game is weird. What What is this? <laughs> and then I ended up playing six and seven, and then I fell super in love with the Final Fantasy series. And since then, I've gotten into Persona and all sorts of other RPGs. But uh, you, on the other hand, you are more into Dragon Quest. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely get into that. And it's funny that you mentioned Final Fantasy 1 as the first one because that's definitely not the one I first started with. Uh, actually, my first RPG was, uh, if you get technical, it's it's uh, even kind of like with, you're with Pokemon, except it's even less considered one, I'd say. My parents had a Super Nintendo growing up, so I pretty much grew up with that uh, SNES controller in my hand. Super Mario World was the first game I ever played and still probably one of my favorite games of all time. But interestingly enough, the first RPG I ever played was, and I don't know if you played this yet, Justin, but Super Mario RPG The Legend of the Seven Stars. Have you played that one? That is one of the ones that I missed. Oh man, it's so good. It's something that I should probably go back to. I really like the mario and luigi style games in general and i played most if not all of those yeah this is more have you played the paper mario series at all yeah okay yeah this is more like the original to that like it kind of paper mario kind of spun off of that and this one was made by square so you would probably really like it because it harkens back to more of the original square type turn-based rpgs i didn't own the game actually what happened was i rented it from Giant Eagle at the time had a Blockbuster in it. I know, rest in peace now, Blockbuster. But uh, I had rented it, and I'm guessing at the time back then it was two to three days, I think, you had it. And so I started it up. I'm, I'm actually shocked how far I got in the game without even knowing what I was doing because I really wouldn't have been that old. And I remember I managed to get to uh, a purple dragon. I think, what was his name? Let me. I brought it up here. Croco was his name. And then I didn't get anywhere. But you know, back then, the cartridge era, it had saves on there from other players if they didn't delete their saves. So what happened is I... Uh, Somebody, of course, had saved right before the final boss. So I, I used their saved and beat the game. They must have had a really good party because, I, like I said, I couldn't even beat like a mini boss five hours in, but I somehow beat the final boss of the game, and I had no idea what was happening. But I liked it. I mean... <laughs> That's amazing. That was, a different, that was a different arrow, and you could just 
just play somebody's old file. Everybody always would save, like, you always had that save file, like, especially, like, back then it was Funko Land, and now it's GameStop, but you would buy, like, a GBA game or a cartridge game, and you'd, they, you'd have the save data on it. It was always interesting. I love it. Yep. And then, of course, uh, the, the people would delete the saves. At least, because uh, I, n- I never tried the trick. I don't know if you rented many games back then, but people would try and save a game and then they'd return it. And then you have to wait a week and then rent it out again and hope that nobody else rented it and deleted your save. I never I never was old enough to think that far ahead, but I don't know if you ever tried to do anything like that. I never tried to do that. Uh, the one thing I do remember would be like, if I would get a game used... I would just see what was going on in the save and like occasionally I would do it with even like a Pokemon game like I would see what was in there and then be like oh no Pokemon that are good rip but if there was then I would like take them out and trade them to a different version so that I could have them later (laughs) nice so I have a weird story for you about Pokemon because growing up my parents did not let me play Pokemon they, they definitely did think it was evil because in this area that like I went to private schools my whole life too so and I don't really and they like I ask them to this day like why did you think Pokemon was so bad it's like so harmless and they don't they honestly don't know like they're just like oh we just heard all these things back then <laughs> it was just the hype of the yeah I remember there were a lot of people having some kind of a panic about it and I think it was mainly just because the term evolution was used <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, that that really scared people. They should have just used Digivolve like Digimon did because they could have got away with it then. But strangely enough, they let me watch the anime but not play the game. I still played the games. Like, I just wasn't allowed to own them, so go figure. But, yeah, then after um, Super Mario RPG... I got an N64, which definitely did not have very many JRPGs at all. The only really significant one they had was a Paper Mario, which I ended up getting for Christmas. So that was the first actual turn-based RPG I owned. And I, and I remember it specifically, and I don't know how at the time I even knew that it was an RPG and that it was something I would want, because when I got the game for Christmas, my cousins at the time were making fun of me for getting the game because they're like, this game you literally make paper dolls. It's called Paper Mario. I'm like, no, that's not it. Quit making fun of me. And I was right, so... Oh no, got him. It was a really good game, but then I would say, but I still wouldn't consider that like a weeb-worthy JRPG. So actually, do you remember, Does the PS2 came out before the DS, I would think, right? It had to be before that, because my first JRPG I'm pretty sure I got was on PS2, like my first weeb one, and it was a Final Fantasy, and you probably know which one I got gotta be final fantasy 10 ha 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 yes the famous laugh yes yeah, so that was my first ever final fantasy game which is weird especially since you played one first which i didn't play till way later i do think it's just because of the timing for me with playing the original first since they had ported it because otherwise i probably would have just been like oh whatever let's see what this is <laughs> Right, because uh, on Game Boy Advance, I really didn't get any RPGs other than Mario again. Like, I just didn't realize at the time, or that type of genre, I guess, because I didn't. I mostly grew up with Mario, Donkey Kong. And there are some great 
there are some great RPGs on the GBA, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, they ported all the old Final Fantasies to it, too, which is... And I think... Oh, they didn't put Chrono Trigger on it. That was DS, so... DS, yep. But And then I remember playing uh, Mega Man X Command Mission on GameCube, which was a turn-based RPG, but I think my cousins rented it or something. But, yeah, after Final Fantasy X was really my first one, so... I had also played... I didn't get into it uh, as quickly as, like, Thad and Ian, or our friends, had, but I played Fire Emblem Sacred Stones on GBA because I was also very into Advance Wars, and they were like, oh, it's kind of like Advance Wars, but medieval and different. And see, that's another series I didn't play was Advance Wars, which I never got into that. I did, I did stumble upon Sacred Stones somehow, like I, those random trips to GameStop, I'm telling you, I found some those GBA, those used games. You found some good stuff back then. Like you're not capturing that magic now, but it's a shame. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, then I guess I I don't know if you have any more of the JRPG memories. But then pretty much after that, I was I was hooked on the genre. Get to Dragon Quest because I know that's your that's your ba- that's your boy. Oh yeah, that was uh, Dragon Quest Eight. Was after that. I I remember going to uh, the Grove City outlets, which would be about yeah forty minutes. There was a video game store there. I don't think it was GameStop. I don't know what they had as terms of video game stores, but they had a Sony outlet way back in the day. And my dad took me to the Sony outlet, and he bought like some kind of big Bose speakers for the entertainment system, but he also bought a PS1, and he bought Crash Bandicoot, so I remember that memory quite fondly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know if it was a Sony store there at the time, but it was definitely but I remember seeing like the Dragon Quest Eight. I don't know if you've ever seen the PS2 uh, case, but it actually came in a box. It was like a, a like it was barely the size, of, it was almost the size of a normal PS2 game case. But it came in the box, and it also had a demo of Final Fantasy XII, which intrigued me. And I still have never played. I probably need to try it, because both you and you and one of my, our other friends likes Final Fantasy XII pretty good, don't you? It's definitely more, like, gameplay over... The story itself is, like, fine, and the characters are rather fun, but the gameplay is, like pretty cool to me yeah I, I should maybe check it out at some point but i know after final fantasy 10 none of them really has grabbed me and, until Fa- final fantasy 7 remake came out which i loved yeah then after dragon quest 8 then because i was gonna say on ds i got i remember buying chrono trigger and final fantasy 4 which i thought that was a really good decision and i can't remember which one i played first i think it was final fantasy 4 but that's actually my favorite Final Fantasy, I think. I need to replay them all again to see, but from what I remember. Four is probably up there for me, too. I really liked that one. Yeah, four, ten, and seven. Those three right there, I would say. I, I didn't like six as much, but I need to try it again. I can't remember what happened when I was... Because the first time I played six was on the SNES Classic. Do you have that or no? The NES Classic? Uh, the SNES classic. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have them. I have them both. Uh, Six also, like, I like it, but I don't like it as much as people who like Six. 
Yeah, maybe if they ever do that remake in Octopath Traveler style, I would like it more. But yeah, uh, the SNES Classic also has Super Mario RPG, so there you go. You could try it on there. That is true. I really want to play. I really want to play Earthbound, and now this Mario RPG is looking enticing as well. Yeah, Earthbound's really good too. I I played that way later, but I remember it's it's definitely very quirky, but it, it's it's pretty good. So, is there anything else you want to say about RPGs, or you think we're ready to move on to our anime history? I think we are good for anime discussion now. Yay! Did kind of touch on with Pokemon, but kind of like what we said before, like. There's a period, at least in my life, where I did watch anime like Dragon Ball and Pokemon, and I'm trying to think what else there was. I watched Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, but I like it. It was such a different animal, almost. So I'm like not even counting that. Yeah, I didn't really think of it as anime at the time. So I don't. When did you? What was the first like? I guess anime you really you're like, oh, this is different. This is clearly not an, a cartoon. I would have to say. Basically, like, I had seen, you know, Dragon Ball Z on the Toonami. It was on every day. And then I would watch that, and I would watch Tenchi Muyo. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like <laughs> it is such a random one, and nobody ever talks about Tenchi Muyo. But I just remember, like, watching it, and before even understanding the concept of the waifu, I knew Ryoko was it. I was like, ooh, this is a, this is a woman right here. I definitely remember, though, being like, oh, yeah, this show, I like it, Mom. It's it's about this guy, and, like, everybody seems to be in love with him. And my mom was just like, what? She was like, that sounds like a stupid show. Maybe you shouldn't watch this. And I was like, no, I like Tenji Mubio. But, uh... <laughs> Do you remember how old you were at the time? Oh, my God. I had to have been in, like, first grade or second or something. Like, I was definitely young. Oh man, yeah, you were way younger than me then when I when I first became aware of anime like that. I'm thinking so. But so I had watched those occasionally. The one that made an impact on me at a young age was uh I would go to my grandparents on the weekends and I would just stay up really late, then I'd put on Cartoon Network and I would catch random episodes of Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo, but I didn't watch them like weekly so i didn't know about like the story or what was actually going on but i would see them and i definitely liked shampoo and bebop but i never actually watched the entireties of them until much later uh when i actually really finally was sitting down and watching anime was probably 2014 uh and that was when attack on titan was big i think i was watching attack on titan and Kill a Kill and Higurashi. Those are like three of the first things I watched. Oh, wow. You had, you had way better taste than when I started watching it. Well, at least my first anime. My second one I'll defend to the grave, but the quality is dropping. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess for me, I... Like I said, I watched Dragon Ball and all them. Like on, I don't know if you remember when Cartoon Network had a segment. It was like before... Or before uh, Toonami. It was Maguzi, I think it was called. Something weird like that. But they showed like... Uh, I remember for some reason the shows, it was like Winx Club, Code Yoko, and Dragon Ball. Oh, Code Lyoko. I used to watch that too. Yep. Yeah, that was that's a good show. But that would always air right before... I, I think they would play Dragon Ball 
Z and then maybe GT or they would play Dragon Ball then Dragon Ball Z like in a row like that. So I used to watch that. But I really didn't get into like really into anime until I think I would have been probably 14 or 15. Uh, I noticed Cartoon Network had this thing for a couple years they did this. They had a little show called Naruto. Oh, that's snap. Which, yeah, which aired. They did every New Year's Eve, they did a Naruto marathon where they played Naruto for 24 hours, I think they did. Oh, my goodness. And one year, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to watch this show and see what it's about. So I watched the first couple episodes, and I'm like, oh, there's actual violence. Like, there's blood, like when people get hit. And you know they got, it's even censored some or somewhat on Cartoon Network, but they still showed some of it. So I watched the first, like, three or four episodes. I'm like, oh, I'm going to start watching this. So then I went on the computer and watched it for a while. And then what I used to do is I never, like, even though the series was pretty much done in Japan already, I think even Shippunda was starting when I got into it around that time. But what I would do is I would record, back when you'd record uh, DVDs off cable back in those days. The old days, yep. Oh, yeah. I would record discs and just watch it because they would do it a new episode, I think, every Friday. So I would just wait until it would air and watch it that way. So eventually I just waited for the dub to catch up with the sub, which is like heinous now for me because I like almost never watch dubs. Then um, after Naruto, I was looking for other shows to watch and there was another show that came on around that time. It was a little show that I've talked about in the past. I know you and the rest of our friends get probably sick and tired of me talking about it, but it's it's a nice little show called... Yeah, yo, yeah, yo. Oh, yeah, that's speaking of that, yeah. But yeah, nice little show called One Piece. You know, short little show, only about a thousand episodes now. Just sit down on a nice Sunday and just watch it all, you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I started watching, of course, it was sadly the the four kids run, which was garbage. Other than, yes, we got, yeah, we got the classic rap that everybody loves and haunts me to this day. But I was actually watching the show online, and I think they only showed a certain amount before they stopped showing, like, uh, that you could watch online. So I had to switch to the sub. And we can kind of talk about this a little bit, too. But I discovered this website called Instant Z which had all these uh, subbed anime. Of course, it was pirated, not that I knew it at the time, but they did all the fam- fan subs. Did you ever find any sites then that you went to? When I was using it, when I started watching anime like all the time, I was I was on Kiss Anime like crazy. I would use that one because it, it, it would just have everything. I'd just be like, yeah. Oh, yes, the classic. I think they died recently. They lasted a while. Yeah, because I had been rewatching some of the old Higurashi with Nancy, my girlfriend, and um, uh, one day I logged on to see where I was, and it was just non-existent. <laughs> Very sad, because I, I know my friend, uh, another one of my friends uh, was uh, 
big into anime. We both got into it around the same time. And actually, when we were in high school, of course, we were the only kids because, like I said, we went to private school. So nobody would even know what anime is, let alone be interested in it. But he actually homeschooled for one year. So what he would do is he would call me every Sunday and we would talk about One Piece for like two hours every week. It, it, I don't know how we did that. Too. It, it was insane. But apparently we, we were just so into it. Like we would just talk about One piece for hours you were ready to podcast from that day i guess so well we didn't know what was going on at the time but yeah that was that was something but we joined that instant z site and we became like huge members of the forum like i think we both became captain statuses we joined the anime review club i remember i reviewed two anime yeah we were hardcore legends hanging out on Skype with these people. Like, these people were probably way older than us. We're, like, 15- and 16-year-olds with all these adults, like, hanging out on the forums. But sadly... Maybe we should talk about forums a little bit, too. We could. I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much as much intro anime. I mean, yeah, like I said, I, I, I was hard into the shonens, and I still have a soft spot for shonen, but... Definitely One Piece and Naruto were the big ones. Yeah, why don't go ahead and talk about your forum experiences. Before I get into that, I'm going to elaborate a little bit more with my anime experience because a few things have occurred to me since I talked about it. Um, <clears throat> one being that I, back in the day, I was way more inclined to reading things, and that's partly because my, uh, my whole interest back when I was a young lad I was very into literature, which is probably strange for a child, but I liked all the classic books and whatnot, and I would read a lot. So it always felt like watching shows took up too much time to me for some reason. So at first I didn't really watch a lot of things, but what I had left out is that I did read a bit of Naruto. I read probably seven to ten volumes of it before it just like became overwhelming to me because there was so much of it that I was just like, I'm never going to get through this. So I had read some of that, and I did read all of Death Note, which had been recommended to me by various people. It was really popular at the time, but I did read the Death Note manga way back when, and I think generally my interests basically stretched from being into uh, when I was young I was I was into like Jurassic Park and Star Wars and properties like that and then I got more I got into Harry Potter for a while and I was just on like the western media side of things as I got older I started getting more interested in the the horror genre and that was my Edgar Allan Poe background and I got into HP Lovecraft and Stephen King Dean Koontz I was reading that kind of horror I got into horror movies at some point, and I became, like, rather interested and enamored with Japanese horror, which is kind of where that kind of, like, bridged into the anime, since I started with shows like Attack on Titan and Higurashi, and I had watched another Elf and Lead. I watched all these, like, Japanese horror shows at the beginning, and then I branched more out into various other things, but Devil is a Part-Timer, always one of my faves. Season 2 just got confirmed. Very, very excited. It's only been eight years. Ah! <laughs> yeah, it's almost as bad as Attack on Titan, which that took forever to get the second season. 
now that we're like living with attack on titan content and it's been coming to us steadily i've almost forgotten how long it took us to get the second season it was a couple years and i can't remember i'll have to look and see whenever we talk about attack on titan sometime but i always thought the one thing my hero did is they they pace their seasons out like that's ideally how i want anime to do it like because otherwise like there's another anime that's gonna wrap up because it's catching up to the manga which is black clover they've just been going non-stop since they started and and it just doesn't work yeah it's difficult for them to get the right pacing going on but i know for for me the first uh, manga i ever read and the only reason i actually think i ended up reading it was because and i don't know if you've run into this or not but the anime ended and the show and the and it ended before without a conclusion like i needed to read the manga to finish the story and it was an american football anime of all things i shield 21 the anime never finished i had to go read the manga and it's really good i actually own all 37 volumes here on my shelf right now cuz i like it so much that is awesome. Uh, I know I've definitely been into series that have done that. Devil is a part-timer was one that I'm like, oh, God, am I going to have to like go read all these light novels so that I can just get like even a scrap of content? And you like Berserk, right? I think that did the same thing. Oh, Berserk is one. Berserk is one. Tokyo Ghoul, of course. Oh, Tokyo Ghoul makes me so upset. Uh, Tokyo Ghoul was one, Terraformers was one, but then Terraformers, like, the manga's just on, like, Infinite Hiatus 2. Oh, what was the other one? I had one. I had one. It was right there. Same as Hunter Hunter. Oh, one of the most degenerate things I've watched, but I just think it's so, so goddamn hilarious is Prison School. I haven't, I haven't finished reading the manga, but I have, like, started The Undertaking, and it's just so funny, but, like, I don't, I don't know if they will ever make a second season of that. It's just such a... <laughs> yeah, I, I got through most of the first season. I'm like, okay, I can't. Uh, this this is too much for me. <laughs> it, it, it's a, it gets a little out of control for me. But I can understand, but it's, it's just the absurdism of it, which is what I was going to mention. It's what I was going to mention earlier. That was the other thing that drew me to anime because one of the first big ones I fell in love with, fell in love with too, was Kill a Kill, with that just like absurdist humor, and just how over the top it was all the time. Who? What did that? What did that studio or that author make before Kill a Kill? Wasn't that? All, didn't they do another one before? I don't know about the. I don't know about the author, but the studio was Trigger, and I think they had worked on. I think they were like members of people who had worked on Gurren Lagann, if I'm correct. Yeah, that, that's what I wondered if it was. Yeah, because it definitely was the same animation, because I love that anime too. And since then, Trigger's done Promare, which I still haven't seen. It's sitting on my shelf. I just haven't watched it because I'm a dummy. Uh, so I have Promare sitting there, and I watched their Kiz Niver, which was like all right. Oh, yeah, I watched that too. It was fine. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it either, though. It was, I was just like, all right, that was that was interesting. Yeah, I, li- I liked it at the time, but it's very forgettable because I completely forgot about it till you just brought it up now. So I have to bring up my other one big one, which I guess I just didn't remember the timeline of when I read this one. And I think it was, it had to have been in high school or like early college, but I'm thinking high school. But the big manga that I read that like blew my mind was totally Gantz. Oh yeah, Gantz. 
the legendary super dark messed up seinen whatever you want to call it i don't know but it was it was like unlike anything i had read at the time because it was just so dark it was so savage and just like even the writing of it was exceptionally deep it would it would hit the the tough questions that most people especially in western media would be like very taboo and i'm sure it was even partly for japanese stuff <laughs> honestly because it gets it gets it gets dark but uh just the questions of like oh what is our place in the universe and these crazy mysteries that the that the that gants would put at you and you would it, it just had me like voraciously reading chapter to chapter trying to figure out what really was the purpose of the whole thing and it did wrap up with like some loose ends and other things i think they could have done better but in general it's definitely one of my favorites that i've ever read i loved the moral gray of it and the character being kind of like a jerk that's not very likable but his development was extremely good yeah, and I, th I think that's kind of what both draws us to more of the, the Japanese games and anime because it's not, especially right now, like we're in, we're in the middle, hopefully near the end of this Marvel renaissance right now where it's just... Oh, God. <laughs> the same thing over and over and over again. Like the characters are the same, the plot points are the same, where anime is just different. Like you have a light who's the main character of Death Note who's who's not like the hero. He's very anti-hero to villain type. And then I know you said before you haven't seen Code Geass the whole way through, but it's the same thing with Lou Lauch. He's like very the dark anti-hero like is he doing some, what's right or is he not like depends what side you're approaching it from but i think that's what and i mean it's it's similar in berserk too even the first chapters like guts is just like abhorrent like you you can't even like him at the beginning because he's just like oh yeah th these demons are following me and you're all gonna die as a result but that's not my problem <laughs> i'm just like what why do people like this <laughs> but uh <laughs> Then I got really into it as it went on, but uh, yeah, there's there's definitely tropes that reappear and are the same thing in anime. Like, and I do like shonen, but there's still a lot of samey type stuff going on in most shonen. But uh, even so, I feel like there's enough to always differentiate it. Right, and I don't even really like. I know you talked about how much you love horror, and I actually do not like horror at all normally. But anime, it's different for some reason. Like I love Higurashi. I like Shiki. I mean, there's a couple other ones I can't think of off the top of my head, but surprise. Oh, even like Parasite. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but I would say that's more of a horror one. Oh uh, yeah, Parasite was fun. Shiki is definitely one of my top horrors. I, I definitely fell in love with the way Japanese horror and just foreign horror in general outside of the U.S. Like, I know Korean horror movies are great, and I've seen some French films that are just incomprehensibly insane. I love the slow burn, and that's not very present in America. Uh, we are all, like, this in-your-face jump-scare slasher stuff, and I can deal with slashers. They're all right, but the the just and no patience right and then when you go see a horror movie you leave and you listen to what the audience around you is saying and everybody's like oh that wasn't really scary i was never scared because they all go in with this idea of like oh it has to throw all these jump scares in my face and it has to 
hit these like check marks or else it's not horror but i think the slow burn and the revelations of things over time uh like shiki is terrifying just because of uh, you you see this like whole village losing its absolute mind over the presence of vampires and people slowly accepting this reality and those that don't want to are ultimately the victims and become more vampires you're questioning like who which side's even the right one yeah (laughs) who is right who knows and even like it starts out i'm pretty sure the first episode like you start out following this character and then like an episode or two later that character is no longer there so you're like switching characters which is another thing i really like that anime tends to do especially with probably my favorite horror one especially since it's continuing is higurashi like it's just so good with the twists and even with what they do with the characters they subvert your expectations so much it's insane yes that was definitely i would say it was like higurashi just changed the landscape so much for anime and horror in general i feel like because even I would I would argue that even something like Doki Doki Literature Club is definitely inspired by that Higurashi presenting itself as this cute little thing, but then it's not. Right. And we're, we're definitely going to have to talk more about Higurashi since the new season's ending. I think we got like one more episode left or two episodes, something like that. But We are getting there. But uh, since you mentioned Doki Doki Literature Club, why don't we move into our visual novels? that we've got into um i got in really late so i don't know if you want to start because i think you got into visual novels before i did all right definitely um i'll tie these two things together since we had brought up forums earlier but uh it'll be easy for me to do because i was like big on the nintendo insider forums and way back in the day and i met a bunch of random friends on there and i would like i would do like pokemon roleplay things and then i would do like i made sprite comics they were really bad but they had like 1400 replies for some reason oh wow and that that was something that i was like known to do on there uh but i would hear people talking about all sorts of different games and one that really caught my interest was ace attorney because it just seemed like such a weird concept you're playing as a lawyer and you have to figure out where people are lying and the weird humor of it really drew me in so on the ds i ended up playing ace attorney and that would have been my first visual novel i would say and from there it was the first ace attorney or yeah okay i had played that when they ported it over and from there i played the next one so i played the first two ace attorneys in the trilogy but weirdly i never played the third one until much later so i played those two and then i got into one of my most beloved games uh 999 whoa very good i can only fathom that i had to have heard about 999 from the insider forums because it was such an obscure niche game but reading the description of it like oh there's nine people trapped on this boat they have nine hours to get off and they're they're before the boat sinks and they're trying to find this number nine door to escape i was like oh this is like some weird mixture of like saw and uh, i don't even know what but it was just so weird and interesting to me i ended up getting that and i just became obsessed with it and ever since i've been trying to get as many people as possible to play zero escape 
it is a great series and just which i i was one of them that you got because i didn't play it till i think what year did i play it i have my list up right here let me see i think it was it was either in 2018 or 19 i'm pretty sure i played it and i played the whole trilogy in one one year so they because they were all out by the time i actually got around to it it looks like it was 2018 i played them so yes i was one of the ogs suffering wondering if they would ever make the third game since the sales were so low it's one of those criminally underrated stories of typical visual novels where the reviews are just glowing but and it's kind of what 13 Sentinels is going through right now. It's like, because I think they just said again they sold 400,000 copies. They sold 400,000, which is good, considering. But it should be, like, it should be, like, way more. And the thing is, I don't think it did very good in the U.S., unfortunately, because I think most of those sales were Japan. Because the thing is, it got recognition at the awards for its story, which it was the best story of the year last year. And the art style is so good. I, I think it's the, the biggest thing that hurt it was the gameplay. Like, because I know even people on the Discord I'm part of, the ones that aren't wanting to play it are because they're like, well, I don't like that gameplay. It looks so boring or it doesn't look good. And it's like, it's not that bad. Like, yeah, it's not the greatest thing, but it's, it's fun. I mean, it's enjoyable when you get into it, but it's not even, it's maybe, what, 30 to 40% of the game, if that. I would definitely agree with that. People need to go out of their comfort range a little bit, and I think they would be very genuinely pleased if they did. And then uh, going back to Ace Attorney, the reason I was curious which one you started with is because Ace Attorney was also my first visual novel. Oh yeah. One of my cousins actually bought it, and but he had the second one, so that's the first one I played. Was which which is which I think is the weakest one in the trilogy. Sadly, the second one, but it's probably the weakest one in the whole series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've only played the original trilogy. I want to play more, but they don't obviously want to port it off 3DS. I'll just have to break down and play it on there at some point. But waiting for that Switch collection or anything, honestly. But yeah, I played the sec- Well, at least they are localizing the great Ace Attorney, which they were never supposed to do. So that's something. Yeah, I did see that. But yeah, I don't even know if I finished all of the second one. I'm trying to remember. I don't know if I did or not. I didn't really play any visual novels, too. I know you're, you're into this one as- Wait, did you play the third Ace Attorney? Well, I played it recently, but not at the time. Yeah, I played. I yeah, at the time I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I finished it. But yeah, I just played the switch, the original, the trilogy, the whole way through. Was in twenty nineteen, I think. But yeah, I played them all. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, the next one I was going to is a little one called Dongan Rampa. Who? which I know we are both familiar with. And it's funny how I came across this one is I was actually watching the anime. I think I watched the first episode, and then I'm like, oh, there's a game coming out. Forget watching the anime because I knew it wasn't going to be as good, so I'm just going to play the game when it got localized on Vita of all places. That's the Chad move. Yeah, so I stopped watching it and played the game, and I, I loved it, of course. And I, I think... Even before I met you, you had played that. We both... Did you get it at launch or no? Hmm. 
I don't know if I bought it exactly at launch, but I definitely was on the wave pretty early, I think. I'm pretty sure I even pre-ordered it. I was so like into it at the time, which cuz I I mostly bought games digital on Vita, but that's one of the few ones, that one in Persona 4 Golden, I actually had physical cuz I I wanted it so bad. But yeah, that that's a very good series. I don't know if it's I'd ha- we'd have to really break down our favorite visual novels, but Danganronpa is what really got me back into visual novels for sure. I think after play, like I said, I was already into Zero Escape and I was waiting, waiting for those. And I kept up with the Ace Attorney series through the years. But I would say after Danganronpa, I probably really started seeking out more and more visual novels. And now I'm, I mean, I play several of them a year. Right. Yeah, I know this year we both are like, we're going to mostly be playing JRPGs and visual novels, which is great because it's probably our two most favorite genres anymore so because i'm in the middle of the the big boy right now which you just finished but the big lad umineko yeah which we'll definitely i have thoughts on that at some point because that, that that's a beefy boy i think i'm 85 hours in and it's like 130 some hours something like that it is a long but extremely rewarding read uh, I could probably talk about Umineko forever. It's just incredible. I I finished it when? January? December? January. I figured I finished it in January, and I haven't stopped stopped thinking about it. It is March thirteenth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think you finished it right when I was starting it because I had finished. I don't know what I played in January. I think it was East Eight or something. But I'm like, you know, there's a long stretch. There's a long stretch before Strikers and Bravely Default 2 come out. I was going to play Resonance of Fate again, but I'm like, you know, now's probably a good time to start Umineko because you were talking about how great it was too. I'm like, well, if I don't start it now, I don't know when I'm going to start it. So let's get to it. So, But yeah, I've been playing it since... You were still finishing it, I think, when I started it. I started it like January 14th or something like that, so... Oh, which is your favorite uh, game in the Zero Escape series, by the way? I, I don't know if I know that. For myself, it's Virtue's Last Reward. That's same for me. That's my favorite one. I think, like, the story of 999 is amazing, and Virtue's Last Reward is on, like, they're on a similar similar level, I think. But uh, I think what, what boosts Virtue's Last Reward is just all of the upgrades and quality of life advancements to it. Like, now if you play the collection, you get a nice flowchart in 999, but that didn't exist when you played it on the DS back in the day. And there wasn't voice acting, which I could do with or without, honestly, but it does. it is nice. Right. They they got a good voice acting cast for Virtue's Last Reward. I mean, Troy Baker and, oh, I can't remember, Chie. Chie's in it, too. Oh, yeah, Aaron Fitzgerald. Aaron Fitzgerald. I knew her name, but I couldn't. My brain was just like... Yeah, she is... uh, What's his name in Virtue? She's Quark. Yeah, Quark, yeah. As soon as I heard that voice, I'm like, G-H-O-N! She's my favorite. But, uh... (laughs) And I just... I loved the the AI rabbit, Zero Zero Junior. He was such a a bastard. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was great. Yeah, I I really love Virtue's Last Rewards cast. I mean, Clover's, like, my favorite character. She's back from one. Luna's great, of course. How can you not love Luna? Luna is good. I like Dio a lot, too, even though I know people hate Dio, but... 
he's a jerk, but I still like him. He reminds me of Dio from JoJo. You need him. You need some kind of bastard character to like. Yeah, six. Of course you do. And I and and I really love Sigma too. Of course, I know some people don't like him for some reason, but I like Sigma a lot. Actually, he's he's a good he's a good protag. Um, but I also like Phi. I just like the cast in general, and there's so many mind blowing moments in Virtue's Last Reward. There are some in Nine Nine Nine. Don't get me wrong, but like those last few real paths in Virtue's Last Reward, your jaw's just like on the ground the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah. And I liked the fact that you don't have to repeat any puzzles multiple times like you did with 999. That was that was definitely nice. It seems like the third one's the least favorite in the group. I I was fine with it. I hate Eric, of course. I still liked it, but yes, I still liked it, but I would also probably put it in my least favorite. Is it mostly because of Eric? Because if I hear that stupid ice cream truck noise one more time, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> Eric sucks. I thought the structure of the game was very interesting, but it's also a little bit obtuse. Like, just having it, like, so out of order and weird. But, I mean, that is also fun because you kind of put it all together. I don't know. Also, the the end is, like, a little bit anticlimactic. Yeah, I was just going to ask, are we getting any more from them? I think he kind of moved on, didn't he? Uchi Koshi has stated that if there was enough interest, like, this is me, resident Uchi Koshi fan, he said if there was enough call for it and interest that a Zero Escape 4 would be possible. And I was like, whoa, interesting. But I mean, since then, he's made Somnium Files, which is incredible. Oh, yeah. He did Punchline. Punchline was so weird and fun because it's like not what you would expect from Uji Koshi after you've played Zero Escape or Somnium Files because it's like a lighthearted like, little slice of life anime almost. But then it's not. <laughs> because there's such moments of like clear oh yeah this is clearly the guy who wrote zero escape but like most of it is not like that and it's just such a funny dynamic yeah i never played it yeah kodaka was like we are done with that <laughs> yeah i think it's the Rompa guy who's done making that right because he's making that switch game what is it though the World End Club or something like that. I'm, I'm not, I'm really not sure how I feel about that game from what I've seen. I'm sure I'll play it, but I don't know what I think about it yet either. Like, I would have been cool with them actually doing a killing game with these, like, 12-year-old kids. Like, that would have been interesting, but it doesn't seem like that's what they're doing, so. It could be another thing where Kodaka is just, like, jerking you along, though, and then it actually is, and we don't know that yet. Who knows? It could be. But probably. I'm definitely, I'm sure I will because Uchikoshi and Kodaka working together is like the dream. <laughs> so what you're saying is I'm going to have to buy it then, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, as far as other visual novels, I know we'll talk about Umineko later. I don't know if we really want to get into that one now. Not today. Other than that, I know you, you play, I think you play a little more than I do. I think I pretty much played all the ones you have. 13 Sentinels was excellent last year's. 13 Sentinels is is just, it's so, so, so good. It's definitely one of the best visuals novels I've played. I would probably put Umineko as the best, which, you know, that's kind of like a cop-out, but 13 Sentinels is incredible. Um, the other ones, I mean, last year I played like I played Shibuya Scramble, which was very interesting. 
and that's it, it's also like more of a movie at the same time but it is a visual novel it's weird it's like a strange little mixture because there's a lot of like live action footage but generally like yeah it is like a visual novel you're making decisions and you're reading text and stuff but there are like scenes where they're recording things and they're like real people it's like all it's all pictures and shot and i think that's fascinating in and of itself that is cool i know for me uh, i I was interested in that is it robotic nautics which is from steins gate uh robotic notes or yeah that's it I just read, what did I just read? I read The Steins Gate, My Darling's Embrace, which was just fun and light. And then I read, um, I read World End Syndrome, which is not related to that, but it was a pretty good visual novel. That one had, the World End Syndrome has like kind of another vibes, honestly. It's like weird and creepy. Yeah, I've heard it's it's decent. Have you ever played, or have you ever read Clannad yet? That's like the classic famous one. No, but that one's on my list of things that I want to look at sometime this year, hopefully. I read Chaos Child, and that's another of the Steinskate science adventure universe. So I gotta read Robotics Notes. Last year I read Valhalla also. That was a little different too, because you're like mixing drinks instead of choosing options. And if you like give people the wrong drinks, then it'll like change the way it works. Oh yeah, yeah, people like that game. Yeah, I don't know. After Umineko, I'll probably have to take a break from visual novels for a little bit at least, but it's probably going to be... Yeah, I don't know what I'll play next. I'll have to look at what my list is. I don't really have... I know we'll both be playing Monster Hunter coming up and then near in April, and then after that, I'm not sure what's in... Oh, the Mass Effect collection, but yeah, we'll see what's coming out around that time. Oh, boy. But yeah, I think that's about all I got for visual novels, unless you want to add anything else. I think we are good on that. All right, and then I guess the last one we'll get into is cosplay, which I guess I'll go first on this one because I feel like I'm not quite as big into the cosplay scene as you are. But my first con I ever went to is actually, I think, where I first met you is a Colossal Con I think it was, uh, was it 2015 or 16? I think it was 15. They all blur together. I kind of think it was 16, but I don't know that for sure. I'm trying to remember. Well, the only reason I'm thinking it might have been 15 is because I know I was playing Trails of Cold Steel at the time on Vita because that's when our friend Thad first heard about the series which now he loves it as much as I do and I think it came out in 2015 but I could be wrong I could look back and see but anyway but that was the first con I ever went to and I was just blown away I still don't know if I've ever been to a con that has topped that first colossal con that I went growing up in the area that I have in Hadley where talking about anime gets me the death stares and anything like that that I was interested in like nobody has any idea what I'm saying or they just think I'm weird and then going to a con for the first time I'm like these are my people these are the people that I I know here and the first cosplays I ever did which again it kind of makes me mad because we had a lot of people go with us that year and nobody really knew who I was because I was only I came with a couple friends that we both know, and then I didn't really know anybody else. But I cosplayed as uh, Naruto and uh, Trial Figure Law from One Piece. And nobody really knew me, so everybody just called me Naruto the whole time. Which, And now it's like, I don't even really like Naruto anymore. I mean, 
It's like, oh, whatever, but yeah, I just know going to all the different, I had no idea what I was doing there either. Like, I didn't know what to do or where to go, because I went to a couple photo shoots, but I really love the panels. I know I'm probably one of the biggest panel fans of our group that goes to the cons, but I just love going to the panels and to the different group photo shoots of the various anime I like to cosplay as. I tend to do the full mask cosplays for some reason, which I don't know why, because I just end up making myself suffer because you can't breathe, which, hey, now maybe that'll work because I won't need to wear a mask because I already have one on, and I can't breathe anyway, so what's the difference? Well, what's the difference? But the only thing, I remember meeting you there, and the things I remember about you is you bought a Rise. Uh, figure persona for dancing all night Rise figure i think you bought yes and i think you were playing fire emblem fates at the time and you were not having a good time <laughs> that sounds so accurate because i did not like fire emblem fates <laughs> <laughs> yeah not many did um i'm trying to remember i think you who did you cosplay that year i know you, you and uh, another of our friends joe did uh joe star and uh Star Platinum. Yeah, so I was Jotaro and Star Platinum. That's That was one of them. I did that cosplay, and I think I did... Oh, you did Tifa, I remember. You did Tifa. That's what I was going to say. I thought I did the gender-bend Tifa, and then I don't know if that was the year. Was that the year that I did the Suicide Squad Joker? Ah, uh, that sounds right. Or was that the year before that? I think you might have, because I do remember you doing that. They kind of blur together to me. I had the Suicide Squad Joker, and it was before the movie came out. Like, I was way on the... Like, I was way ahead of everybody, and people were like, whoa, holy cow. And then I think you also cosplayed somebody from Tokyo Ghoul. I can't remember his name. I was going to say uh, Sukiyama. I think that was the year. That that was definitely the year. I, I know that because of... I remember, like, running into somebody that I know, and that was, like, a whole thing. Yeah, uh, that was a legendary Colossal Con. Yeah, I think those were your cosplays. It was. It, it hasn't. We went to a couple. That was like the last time we were able to all get the rooms to, wasn't it? Since then, it's been that stupid lottery and COVID. So it's been like. Uh... But yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about your your cosplay ambitions? So I am Justin Destruction, the resident cosplayer. Uh, my whole online handle brand thing comes from way back in the day when I was on MySpace and that was the cool thing you did was you had to like find some kind of quirky way to put your name usually it would rhyme or else it would be an alliteration like all the goth kids would be like oh I'm Ashley Arsenic ha 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 and I'm sitting there like Justin what am I gonna do with Justin and I'm like well destruction I guess that rhymes and my uncle we called him Uncle Destruction because there was, like, this really bad storm that, like, turned into a tornado supercell. And he was, like, standing by the window, just looking out the door. And my brother was, like, young. And he, he, he said, why are you standing by the window? It's dangerous. And he just, like, deadpan replied back. Because I like to look at, at things and I like destruction or something like that. And so then <laughs> I just took the two things and put them together. Just in destruction, I removed all the vowels, and I'm like, yeah, that looks like something that would show up on the internet for a good handle. So I put all my name out there, and then I first got, like, inspired by, uh, 
going back to our visual novel segment, I loved Miles Edgeworth when I played Ace Attorney. And I was like, this is a man who has swag. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I want to I dress well like this man sometime in my life. To this day, I have not yet cosplayed Edgeworth, but it is on my list of things to do before I ever stop. If I ever do, I don't know, but it's gotta happen. I'm hoping, like, next year. So, right before, right before the pandemic. Yeah, we really, we really missed the cons last year, by the way, with, uh, you guys got to go to, uh, KatsuCon right before, like, that all started, but I missed, I, I didn't go to any cons last year, so it's, like, feels like a distant memory to me. It's killing me, because I miss seeing all my friends. Cosplay is, like, I'm trying to, like, summarize it as succinctly as I can, but it really is the perfect amalgamation of everything that I've talked about thus far all coming together for one thing. Basically, the first convention I ever went to was with a couple of friends. Uh, they were going to go to New York Comic Con because one of their college friends was absolutely obsessed with Tom Hiddleston because of Loki. And <laughs> so she really wanted to go to go see Loki uh, in person, do like a panel or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I feel spontaneous and I don't care and I'll do whatever. So I'll go to New York Comic Con with you guys. So I went there and was just blown away and like super overwhelmed. The only thing I did is I like wore a little black shirt with the Team Rocket R and I got a little black hat and I was like a fake Team Rocket member basically. <laughs> See, you almost were normie status, not quite. Yeah, but like at that time, it was like almost a cosplay because it wasn't as popular yet. Even this is 2010, I think. Yeah, so this was forever ago. I never went to another convention after that until 2014, Katsukon, and or maybe it was 15. I'm getting my years all mixed up now. We've had too many discussion. Uh, <laughs> I think it was. It might have been 15, actually, and I bought a cheap blue suit from Goodwill, and I did a very, like, basic Cowboy Bebop Spike Spiegel cosplay. And so I had that, and I got, I bought, like, a Squall Final Fantasy VIII outfit. So those are the two cosplays I did uh, first, really, that I consider cosplays. And... I had a great time. It was so weird and interesting, and I got to meet all these people that I had... Like, as I mentioned before, I was on insider forums, so I have always through my life been used to making internet online friends. I've got a bunch of local people that I like and hang out with too, but there's just something... I grew up in that perfect era of the internet coming to prominence where I was able to make tons of internet friends that have like panned out over the years. And back when Instagram first started, I was I was quick on the draw with that, too. And I would find people that liked Pokemon or Final Fantasy. And when I started attending cons, I got to meet a lot of these people because we were all into the same things, and we all ended up gravitating towards doing cosplay as well. And I got really into cosplaying. I've been to tons of conventions. I've done, like, probably close to 30 different characters now, I would say. <laughs> oh, wow. I love cosplay. It it pulls together all these different interests and all these different skill sets, too. Like, I enjoy the makeup. I enjoy, uh, like, when I made my Final Fantasy 15 prompto, that was probably, like, the craziest cosplay I made. 
because I had to put in all these individual patches and I had to like make them the same as they were on his jacket in the game and then I'd have to put in like rivets individually surrounding them I think there's over 200 rivets on my vest Oh, oh wow! Plus, you did that with a group too, which is which is really cool. Which I've we we did kind of did a Persona Five group one, but I've never really I've always wanted to do like a big group cosplay with like ten people or something, which I've never got to do yet. But hopefully one day. Yeah, I have fun doing that. It's more so like we just have to find something that all of us intersect with. That's usually the difficulty. Yeah, because of course I'd love to do a trails group, but we only have one other friend. Thad would it just be me and Thad doing it or something? <laughs> but maybe one day, whenever I eventually get through it. Yeah, whenever you get to play it. I know the one thing I also love about cons is just like the people there are always like so nice and friendly. Like you sometimes just even going to a panel or or photo shoot or anything like these people have the same interests as you so i've talked to people that i've never talked to before and you're like instant friends there just because you can be yourself really and then we even mentioned like when you go out to eat and stuff it's funny like because usually it's in a big convention center and then all these people are eating at wendy's and have cosplay on and then you leave the cause the, the con and go to the real world and go to Wendy's, and it's like, why is nobody in cosplay anymore? Why why has this happened? Like, we're back to reality. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, definitely meeting the people that you meet at conventions and just the random funny conversations you have. I love, I live for that. Like, I'm not great at social settings usually, uh, but at a con, it's like totally different. Yeah. Oh, you're you're like a social butterfly there, especially compared to me. I'm like I'm more of a loner. Like I'm just going to the panels and doing my thing. I talk to some people, but I'll even like I know another one of uh, our friends likes to just watch anime at con. Like he'll just watch anime in his room all the time. It's like oh, this is cool, but I guess we could really do this anytime. But whatever. It's you're in the mood to watch anime now. Or our friends who are just sitting in the room playing Smash Bros. And I'm like, guys, there's a party to get to. Let's go. <laughs> well, the, the Smash tournaments, you know, you got to get, got to register in those. So got to get to them. Yeah, I, I really hope we can go. I know my one friend already conned me into getting, or he got a room already for Colossal at like a cheaper hotel close to Colossal. And I'm like, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I mean, we can cancel the room, but it's probably too soon. Because I did see Teco. Weren't they going to go in July this year? They're trying to go in December now. Yeah, they've moved it. Yeah, they pushed it to December. And Colossal's in June still, which Ohio is a little different than Pennsylvania. Ohio is... uh. <laughs> But I'm wondering, like, are they going to require you to get the vaccine? What I don't know what they're going to do, but I'll be surprised if we end up. The thing is, the other, like, like even last year, Colossal East tried so hard to delay canceling. And I think it's just because, I mean, the Kalahari people kind of suck. And so I could see them still holding it, honestly. Because I know they're just, they're just people. They're just that type of person that's just like, oh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> especially since they didn't do it last year they probably really need the revenue because i'm because colossal cons probably well it's not as big as katsu but next to katsu it's probably the biggest con it is huge though it is very big i know the one year they probably had 20 to twenty-five thousand, which is crazy for an ohio convention at least that we go to i would say around here 
But so what's your favorite cosplay? I know you said you've done 30. It's probably hard to pick one, but if you had to pick one, which one would you think's your favorite? Oh man. That is a very tough question, honestly. Well, I, I can talk about mine first while you're thinking of it. I really like, did a Tokuyami one who's from uh, My Hero Academia. And the mask I got for that one's really cool, I think. I, 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 and then I even got a dark shadow puppet that I, that I attached to me. So I like that one. And then also one of my other friends who sadly doesn't cosplay anymore. But we both got full hollow Ichigo from Bleach. And we had the full hollow mask the horns the katanas the the whole outfit and we both we had one con where we both went together but it was like the puniest con we've ever been to and nobody ever nobody even really cared but i really those two really stand out to me i mean i've enjoyed all of them except the naruto one i'd rather not do that one again but anyway that was my first one so it's got to get some type of shout out so i'm gonna first say prompto because Oh, man, it just took so much love and affection to get that whole jacket and pants thing down. Like, his outfit's just so detailed, but it was very fun to put together. And Prompto was also definitely the cosplay that I've met, like, so many great people through. Because 15, you can say what you will about it. Is it the best Final Fantasy? I'm not going to say that. But I think the characters are clearly, like, some of the best written characters in gaming or fiction. And you can see that just in how how often people can bond over the game and how relatable they feel to those those four bros. But yeah, I've met so many amazing people doing my Prompto cosplay, and that also boosts it up in my mind because it's just got a lot of great memories attached to it. But my top three, definitely Prompto, Spike Spiegel. Uh, I revamped that one. I love the way I feel in that one. I'm like a badass. And Majima from Yakuza, definitely. Oh, yes. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Yakuza today, which is, of course, we both love Yakuza. <sighs> A sin. <laughs> I still, like, we'll definitely do topics on Yakuza in the future, but the thing is with Yakuza, I know it's called a JRPG, and Like a Dragon definitely is, but the first ones are 0 through 6, I've always thought is more of a beat-em-up than an RPG, but it's still, obviously, we love it. I think it's kind of on that line because I think Yakuza is like a modern beat-em-up, but what a modern beat-em-up essentially translates to is an action RPG. And, like, there is a distinction between the ARPG and the JRPG because, like, like Nier is an ARPG. Right, and no matter what, the, whatever you call it, they're great games, whatever you want, whatever genre you want to put them in, but... Right, exactly. At the end of the day... <laughs> But then we got seven, which is a JRPG, also. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the the Dragon Quest roots, which I love even more. I also wanted to shout out your Vincent cosplay because I thought that one's hilarious with the the heart shorts and. Ah oh, yes, that one is like such a low key cosplay to me because I only wore it a few times. Uh, I had somebody else ca- cosplaying C Catherine with me, and that was pretty funny. And then you got told to cover up those nipples because at at that con you had to put tape over them or something. (laughs) Yeah, to put band-aids over them. But uh, that was... Which con was that? That was Matt Con, yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. That was fun, though. All right, well, I think that's all I got. I don't know if you've got any more we want to share, but I think this has been a fun episode so far, so... 
I think it was a nice little starting place. I think we had some fun conversation, definitely. Yeah, and I'm hoping everybody out there who listens to this, you kind of get a feeling for who we are and what we're, what kind of things we like and what we like to do. So, yeah, probably for our next episode, we're thinking we'll do our more traditional one, and we'll probably shoot for every other week, and then we'll throw a topical one in there. Maybe we'll invite guests every now and then. We'll see how it goes, but... Yeah, we just kind of wanted to dip our toes in the water and put some small western town PA weebs on the map, I guess. What do you think? I think that sounds great, Uh, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. I think you said it better than I could (laughs) have. All right, well, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Straw Hat Ninja. I don't really do anything too often, but I think you're better off following our boy Justin Destruction here. Justin, where can they find you at? Hello. I'm pretty much everywhere. You can find me on that uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, it's Justin Destruction, but that's no vowels. So J-S-T-N-D-S-T-R-C-T-N. I'm just complicated like that. Uh, but you can find me on those. I've made a TikTok recently. I don't know if you like TikTok, but I'm going to make some weird little cosplay ones in the near future. And I'll probably be starting some Twitch streaming soon. Yay. Sounds good. And we'll probably eventually do some stuff on YouTube and all that all that happy stuff too. But comments below, just give us some tips. We'll adjust and this is going to be a learning experience for us. We've never done podcasting before, so this is new to us. I guess that's all. A new frontier. <laughs> exactly. So I guess until next time, we will see you guys later. Sayonara, Amina-san. See you guys.